0: Welcome to the Renovate Church sermon podcast. At Renovate Church, we are passionate about teaching God's Word in such a way that you really get to know the heart and character of God, and where you can apply the truth of Scripture to every aspect of living. We believe that God's Word is relevant and has the power to transform your life. We're excited for this most recent sermon, and we hope it blesses and encourages you. It's for greens, like compost and eggshells. Mm. And the blue one is recycling. And the black one Riley is, black. is acting so weird. Why is she acting so weird? What do you expect? All the islands are down. Joy would know what to do. That's it. Until she gets back, we just do what Joy would do. Great idea. Anger, fear, disgust. How are we supposed to be happy? Mm-hmm. Hey, Riley, I've got good news. I found a junior hockey league right here in San Francisco. And get this, tryouts are tomorrow after school. What luck, right? Hockey. Uh-oh. What do we do? Guys, uh, this... Uh, here, you you pretend to be Joy. Won't it be great to be back out on the ice? Oh, yeah. That sounds fantastic. What was that? That wasn't anything like Joy! Uh, because I'm not Joy? Yeah, no kidding. Did you guys pick up on that? Uh-huh, mm-hmm. sure. we Something's wrong. Should we ask her? Let's probe, but keep it subtle so she doesn't notice. So... How was the first day of school? She's probing us. I'm done. You pretend to be Joy. What? Okay. Um, hmm. It was fine, I guess. I don't know. Oh, very smooth. That was just like Joy. Something is definitely going on. She's never acted like this before. What should we do? We're going to find out what's happening, but we'll need support. Signal the husband. Ahem. <clears throat> With a nice pass Uh oh, she's looking at us. Uh, what did she say? What? Oh, oh, uh, sorry, sir. No one was listening. Is it garbage night? Uh, we left the toilet seat up. What? What is it, woman? What? Uh, he's making that stupid face again. I could strangle him right now. Signal him again. Ah, so Riley, how was school? Oh, Are you kidding me? Time? For this, we gave up that Brazilian helicopter pilot. Boo! I'll be joy. School was great, all right? Riley, is everything okay? (sighs) Sir, she just rolled her eyes at us. What is her deal? All right, make a show of force. I don't wanna have to put the foot down. No, not the foot. Riley, I do not like this new attitude. Oh, I'll show you attitude. No, 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 stay happy. What is your problem? Just leave me alone. Sir, reporting high levels of sass. Take it to DEFCON 2. You heard that, gentlemen? DEFCON 2. Listen, young lady, I don't know where this disrespectful attitude came from. You want a piece of this, Pops? Come and get it! Yeah, well, well. Here it comes. Prepare the foot. Keys to second position. Ready to launch on your command, sir. Just shut up! Fire! That's it. Go to your room. Now. Ah! Foot is down. The foot is down. Yeah! Woo! Yeah! Good job, gentlemen. That could have been a disaster. Well, that was a disaster. Come, fly with me, Gachinha. <sighs>
1: Good morning, good morning. Who can relate? Who can relate? Good morning, Renovate. That clip just cracks me up. That's from a movie called Inside Out. It's a Disney movie. And if you have not seen it, it is hilarious. From That's probably one of the better scenes there. But uh, it's so true, isn't it? Like, that's a funny clip, but it's the intense dialogue, inner, inner emotion that goes on between men and women, right? And it's funny, right, that we laugh at that, but if you go take that in real life, it can lead to some really bad stuff, right? It can it can lead to relationships that are never repaired, you never speak to each other, right? But what was that? All from the inside. And so, real quick, the the title of my message, we're in this week three series of a line. I'm gonna talk about inside out living. That's the title of my sermon today. Inside out living. And I got a country theme here. I'm Tennesseean. Here's my theme. What's deep in the well comes up in the bucket. What's deep in the well comes up in the bucket. If there's one theme consistent throughout Scripture, it's this theme of what? Your inner life. Jesus actually called it the hidden person of the heart. How many of you met a friend that you hadn't seen in a while, or somebody around consistently, and you pick up that something seems off today, right? There's something that's just, there's like, they're either a little sad, or they're anxious, or maybe they're distracted, and you just pick up what? That's the hidden person of the heart. And if you wanna walk in God's fullness, if you wanna walk in the blessed life, you've gotta worry about more what's going on inside your inner life than outside. You go back to a lot of the old Bible teachers back in the 18, 1900s, their, primary, their scriptures and what they taught on was the inner life. Today it's all this, and I'm not poking, I like some of it, but it's all about prosperity and name it and claim it and like live this, ble- and that, that's part of it, but that's a small piece, just being honest. The biggest part of our life is what? The inner life. Jesus said this to, to everybody, that was a, the kingdom of God is where? It's within you. And how you live your life inside your heart and your emotions and your mind and your soul will determine how your life goes with God. If you study the Old Testament, I love the Old Testament. What, if you go read it, the Bible says, in, and Paul said in Corinthians, like, study the Old Testament because they were examples for us to follow. What killed them in the, in the wilderness? They lusted after food. They wanted, they wanted uh, bread bread. They wanted to be entertained, they wanted to go back to Egypt, and that caused them to what? Just wander. They never worried about the inside, and they just wandered and they died in the desert. Most of them did. So title of the sermon again, Inside Out Living. I want to look at a couple scriptures here, and then we'll kind of pray and get into this. But uh, another little point here, we are not human beings having a spiritual experience. Think about this, just a change in your thoughts. We are spiritual beings having what? A human experience. It's way different. We're not, we are spiritual beings. We're we're tripart beings, right? We're we're mind, body, and soul. You go back to Genesis 3. God originally designed us to be led by our spirits. You know, spirit first, soul second, body would follow. We live in a world today we flipped. It's all about what? It's about your flesh, your body, then your soul. Gets in the bondage, and then your spirit is what darkened and dead. And so God wants your spirit to come alive. When your spirit comes alive, you hear him clearly. You discern if you should do that business deal or not. I discern should I walk with this friend, right? I make better judgments in my life. I'm more tender and patient and kind with my wife when we get into an argument because I'm being led by my spirit, not my flesh and my emotions. How many of you know your emotions? I can't get my, I got, I got riled up last night coming home from, uh, from a tennis match. We, I, 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 I don't know what this was. There was like this, these bikers and this uh, bunch of them come through and just cut me off. Man, my emotions got stirred up quick. I wanted, to, I wanted to give them the peace sign, minus one, but I didn't, Pastor Dave. I didn't do it, but I wanted to. But my emotions got riled But I heard the Spirit of God said, just, just keep calm. I, I seriously hear God's spirit. Just, just, keep your peace. Don't let it bother you, and just stay focused. And I did, and the night went great. But again, simple little instances in our life. If you want to win on the inside, you've got to be what hear God's voice and not let your emotions and your flesh drive your decisions. Um, text here: First Samuel sixteen seven. I love these. I'm gonna give you two texts. One out of the Old Testament. One out of the New. And I think these two are so powerful. This one is amazing. I'm going to read it to you and just listen. This is, uh, the context here is that King Saul has failed as king. God's going to choose a new king. And watch this, his criteria is what? Find me a man after my own heart. He would choose his king based off the content and character of his heart and his spirit, not his physical prowess. Because King Saul was already like that. He was tall, dark, and handsome. He's Fabio, ripped abs, had his eight-week video of, like, how he's going to pump you up. But he didn't, he didn't have a heart. Was, he was narcissistic, arrogant, insecure, and he, well, he looked out for himself. He was looking for a new king. Here it is. So he brings in, uh, Jesse brings in seven of his sons, from the tallest to the shortest. And he goes... He lines them up and the, the prophet Samuel looks at all of them and this is what God says to the prophet Samuel. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not consider his appearance or his height, for I have rejected him. The Lord does not look at the things people look at. People look at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. There it is. The kingdom of God is within you. Right? I've studied that passage so much and it's interesting. They, If you read it David wasn't even in the room. He was the eighth son of a a man named Jesse. Scholars have studied that. They almost, they say that, that that, that King David, he was out in the field tending sheep, and it was days away to go get him. So he shut down the king anointing party, go get David. They say his dad, Jesse, was so embarrassed or ashamed it could have been his dad had a, had kind of an affair on the side, and that David was born an illegitimate son, so he kept him out in the field and didn't let anybody come. He did not pick him to be king. Guess who God picked? David. He said, Go get David, bring him in here. We'll wait till he gets here. He walks in, Spirit of God hits Samuel. He goes, This is who I've called to be king. He's 16 years old. He's, he's scrawny and ruddy, he's, he's red-faced, doesn't look like the guy. The one that nobody wanted, God used him. To lead the nation of Israel and bring defeat over the Philistines. Here's the point: as we get into this in the, this morning, God's going to call you. you. You, the one that's the less talented, you don't have the education, you don't have the gifts, you, you don't have the, the the influence of politically in the circles, and you don't know all the connections. God's called you. You've struggled with alcohol. God's called you. You got a shady past. You're the one God's going to use the most because you got a heart after God. You're not perfect, and we're going to get into that later today. God's going to use you. Matthew 23, so we go to the New Testament. This is Jesus. Listen to it again. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You are the, you're like whitewashed tombs, which look beautiful on the outside, but inside you're full of what? Bones? Bones of the dead and everything unclean, again, marking down that the inside is the most important. And this is crazy today. We live in a society where it's all about perception. It's about how I look, right? I mean, I literally can come to church every weekend and underline my Bible in three colors and memorize it and be on every prayer team. And and still my heart can be wicked because I'm just religious. If you look at the Bible, the, the very first thing when Adam and Eve sinned, they covered themselves with fig leaves. If you go and study fig leaves in the New Testament, it's a type and shadow of religion. I can put on the cloak and act fake. I can fake it and act religious, but my heart is still, co- I still judge people. I'm critical. I'm backbiting. I'm not submitted to authority, right? I'm, I'm still that. I'm, I'm religious. I, I gossip and slander people behind their backs, but my heart's not right. And that's not what God wants, inside-out living. Let me pray, and then we'll, we'll get into the rest of it. Lord, just thank you for this series and word today. And just, Lord, just bring, uh, bring clarity this morning. Lord, bring conviction. Is there any area in our life that, Lord, that you want to put your, your finger on, Lord, and graciously address that and change it, Lord, from the inside out, Lord? We thank you, Lord. Transform us, Lord. Uh, Lord, as John the Baptist prayed, Lord, you must increase in our lives. We must de- decrease. In Jesus' name, amen. A couple metaphors here, and we'll get into some points. Uh, two metaphors, icebergs and dashboards. Love the, the uh, story. Like, if you look at an iceberg, 10% of an iceberg is sticking above the water. It's 90% is under below the water line. It's what's under the surface that sinks the ship. It's not what you see. The same thing in our life. It's what's inside my heart that could cause me ruin and wreck in my marriage. It could ruin my job at Texas. It could cause my friends to leak because I don't treat them. It's what you don't see, right? Character is what? It's who you are when no one's watching. Who I really am is when I'm on the road traveling in that hotel room when nobody's there seeing how I'm doing. When I'm all alone in my thoughts at night, that's my true character. When somebody offends me and goes again and treats me poorly and is unkind, my true character comes out, right? And sometimes God does that with all of us. God will oftentimes, watch this, he'll offend your mind to reveal your heart. Things won't go your way. Now all of a sudden, blah, all this stuff comes out. Well, well I didn't know that was in there. God was, God's not like, oh, my God. I can't believe he acted like that. That's not God. So icebergs. The other one is dashboards. When you drive your car, we, Evie's not, I'm gonna kind of throw her under the bus a little bit here, but she's driving her car. This was last year, pretty, maybe even six months ago. And I get a text from Karen at work. Evie's car's broken down. There's smoke coming out from under the engine, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, what? Like, I didn't know anything was even wrong with it. And so, what Evie was doing, she's, she, you know, she's not car literate. And she's driving and, and she's not paying attention to that, that little spindle that's moving from C all the way over to H. I'd spoken at a conference there in, in, uh, on campus in Baton Rouge, went great, and we were all distracted getting in our car. And we knew, we know that area, we've gone through there so many times. And so we hop in the car, it's just Karen and I, we take off. We're driving and driving and driving, and we're just catching up and talking about all different things. And, and she, about an hour into the trip, Karen goes, what did that sign just say? And I go, I looked up, you know, I'm being like the dude in the video today. Like, Ugh. I'm thinking of sports and not, I'm not focused. I go, what did that sign say? So I pull up on my GPS and I start looking at it. She's driving. I'm looking, I'm looking up and I'm starting to get them. And then all of a sudden this feeling comes over me. We're an hour into the trip. And I go, babe, do you want the, do you want the good news or the really, really bad news? And she goes, what? I said, We're, we've gone an hour in the wrong direction. We were going towards Florida, away from Texas. She was so mad. She was so mad. Um, I'm glad she's not. She's actually at a tournament with Olivia this morning. I'm so glad she's not here because she gets, I can't even tell the story, she still gets mad about it. (laughs) So what did we do? We turned around. We repented. I'm going the wrong way in my life. Now I'm going to go back the right way. It's that simple, right? And if you read, in the, if you study the New Testament and the end times, do you know, the, this, is, this is just crazy what I'm about to tell you. And you're seeing it today. The, one of the number one fruits and traits of ungodliness in the end times is people are refusing to repent. They won't turn their life around. And it's that simple. And let me just be real transparent. I like to teach and, and God's to me, but I got, I'm jacked up still too, just like you guys. I am constantly repenting that my life should be, I should constantly be changing paths and turning back to God when I stray from him and drift, right? I should always, my life should be constantly turning back to God when he, because he's, it's like an onion. He's not going to cut to the heart immediately. He's going to peel that layer off. As you walk with him, because you got a lot of junk in there. And he's gonna as he peels those layers off, let him deal with it, repent, and turn back to him. Peel another off. He's not going to constantly just hammer you. You're going to, he's going to bless you and give you grace and love and, and, and help you. But he's going to peel back a layer, and you need to you need repent of that. It's, it could be an attitude. It could be selfish. It could be, be a habit. You're just lazy. Right? It could be the way you use your mouth. Your mouth is more destructive than constructive. When you walk into situations and you release your words, you bring everybody down. It may be truthful, but there's no grace and love in it. It's a spirit of judgment and condemnation. And so God will put a, he will put a laser beam on a spot in your life and you need to repent from it. Right? And here's the thing. God wants to bring conviction. The enemy will condemn you. That's how you know if it's, the, if it's the spirit of God or the enemy. The enemy will shame, condemn, and just make you feel horrible. That's not God. God says, look, I've showed you this, and you need to change because I love you so much. I want you to win on the inside. And once you to win here. The fruit will come. The fruit will come. Amen? And my notes went everywhere. i got to find out where they were. <laughs> so be patient. God, give me grace. All right, so first uh, point was repent right? The first point was repent. Let's find it. There we go. Um, one of my favorite things on repent was Jonah. If you've ever studied Jonah, um, Jonah gets a word from God. He tells him to go to Nineveh. He gets on a ship and goes the opposite direction. Guess where God puts him, in a fish motel. God can put you in a fish motel. I mean, I've been in a fish motel. It's like it's stinky. There's nothing to do. You're bored out of your gourd, right? And there's and you just it's torture. And God will put you in these constrained places because guess what he's wanting to do? Work on the inside of you. And so that's why he gets Jonah, puts him in the fish. He, Jonah repents. The whale spits him back up on land. He goes immediately. It was a three-day journey. He did it one day. He'd repented so hard. He, God, I'm, I want to obey you. I don't want to be back in that whale again. And he goes and preaches repentance to the Ninevites, one of the most wicked pagan societies of the time. They turn their hearts back to God. He goes up on the mountain, and he watches, and he's wanting God to bring wrath and judgment. God brings love and grace and forgiveness on a people that was just, they were murderous. And so God causes this little weed to sprout up and give him because God, Jonah was so tired. And then he causes that, that same weed to die from a worm, and God, with, Jonah says, I wish I would die. He was full of self-pity. He was selfish. And God used all those instances, the well and the plant and the situation to do to expose whose heart? Jonah's heart. And God to do the same thing. He wants you to the inside out living. What's deep in the well comes up in the bucket. And we've got to be more like Christ. So point number one was repent. Point number two is Reconcile. Reconcile. Point number two is reconcile. Um, I love this word because, it's, again, these are kind of some older school words, but I love these biblical words because re- reconcile means this, to restore friendly relations with again. To restore friendly relations with again. You take the Bible. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, here's your Bible class for today, how to study the Bible and how to interpret it. 66 books. I'm going to give you one word what the Bible is about. It's about reconciliation. That's it. It's a love note to us that God says, I want to be in relationship with you so much. I'm going to pursue you and chase you. I want to be in friendly relations with you again. Right? And when you study the Old Testament, it was about God's wrath, law, and judgment. God's new, the New Testament was about what God's what? Grace, love, and forgiveness. It was about what Jesus did, not what we have to do. The Old Testament was actually man's attempt to reach God, which what? It failed. God says, I have a better plan. The New Testament it's inside-out living. It's what Jesus did. Now you're set free and can live for Now we're reconciled. We're back together. We're in friendly relations. I want to read a couple. Listen to the scripture. Kind of, It kind of gives a better um, definition here. Colossians 1, and it's 21 through 22, says this. This is Apostle Paul. Once you are alienated from God, so he's saying, look, one, at one point, you were in bad relations with God. He didn't want to fool with you, right? And you were enemies in your mind because of your evil behavior. But now, everybody say now. He has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you to His sight without blemish and free from accusation. So at one point, you were alienated from God. Jesus dies on the cross reconciles you back to God, and now you're in, you can walk intimately with him and live from the inside out. A good metaphor here is the cornerstone, and I'm going to talk about that here in just a second, the cornerstone. The Bible says Jesus is the cornerstone. Well, what is that? Well, a cornerstone in relation to architecture it was traditionally the first stone that you laid geographically. So wherever you put that first stone and wherever you po- pointed it, the house and the building would be built in that direction and that height. And so listen to this scripture here. First Peter 2, 4-8 uh, through eight says, And coming to him as, to, as a living stone, which has been rejected by men, but choice and precious in the sight of God. As living stones, we are being built up a spiritual house. And if you read at the bottom, it says, Behold, I lay in Zion a choice stone, a precious cornerstone. God's saying this, build your life on Jesus. He's the cornerstone. Anything in your life that doesn't honor Christ does not need to be built in your life. I don't care what it is. It's not going to stand. And here's a, there's a quote here by uh, Reverend T.L. Lowry. I love this. If we do not have Christ as corner as our cornerstone, holding us together, strengthening us and keeping us in alignment with his purpose, then nothing we build will be of value. Nothing we build will be of value. So question on this one. I didn't get to, I missed because my notes were messed up. The first question on repent was like, what's, what's the condition there of your heart? This question here, I love this one. Does your foundation have a crack in it? We're talking about the cornerstone, right, and you're building your house. If you read Hebrews 6, it talks about there's six foundational doctrines of the Christian life. And it says this, let us press on past the elementary teachings if we're able to do so. And he says what? Repentance is the first one. He taught repentance from dead works. Second one was faith in God. Third one was doctrines of baptisms. Laying on of hands, eternal judgment, right? Right? He talks about six things, a foundation that we're to build our life on. How many, let me ask you this, when's the last time you checked your foundation? My mom, uh, years ago, they bought a house built in the 1900s, walked in the house when they bought it. It literally was like, you could have had a V8, I don't know if you remember that little commercial, but you would literally walk sideways because it, was, it would dip in the middle. The floor, it was just so old, the the and I was like, Mom, this, this is a beautiful home, but, like, I'm going to tweak an ankle in here. I'm going to, like, my core has got to get stronger to live in this house. They went and they, they hired a contractor that came out. Here's what they did. They took a laser beam, and they shot that laser beam across the house, and it showed where, what, the foundation was sagging. And then they went under the house, and they took these, like, metal, I forget what it's called, these metal rods, Willie would probably know And they built up, they strengthened and rebuilt the foundation where it had sagged and dropped off and leveled it out. And now the house was like brand new. That's reconciliation. Now the house was level. You could live in the house. You could have a great life in the house. It wasn't going to be like a risk of injury. (laughs) Right? And so what about your life? How's your foundation? Has it got a crack in it? Is it sagging? Because if so, you can't build your life on it. You can't. Point number one was repent, turn around, right? Point number two was reconcile, be back in friendly relations. And then the last point today is restore. Um, A consistent theme throughout Scripture is God wants to restore. Restore means this just to return something to its original state. Read the Read when the fall happens in Genesis 3 and then read Revelation 22. What's he doing? He's completely restoring humanity. In the end, we win. I don't get caught up in all this craziness today about this is going to hurt government and blah. You know what? God is sovereign. He sees all the shifting and working and moving of men and governments and nations. But at some point, God's going to say, that's enough. I'm going to make everything brand new. I'm going to restore Back humanity, loving, kind, peaceful, gracious. Nothing's broke. There's no more tears. I'll wipe every tear away from the eyes that you cried, right? I will fix everything and make it brand new again. He'll restore humanity. That's the God we serve. And we should walk in that hope every day. So restoration. Um, now, one point about restoration, and then i will close us out, but the, here's the crazy thing about restoring. Anybody ever been stolen from? How did that feel? I remember my first time I got, I it was, uh, I'd moved to Colorado, and was working, I was 24 years old, I'd saved up and got this first Bronco II, back when Broncos were not very popular, they're big now, but man, this thing was on fire, it was, I like, had silver rims on it, and I, I'd saved money, got a CD player and put a boom box in the back, and Man, I put my heart and soul. I, I was broke than the Ten Commandments, but man, I had a good system. <laughs> One morning I got up, come outside, was going to go to work. Walk, walk into my car, I saw my doors were open, papers were everywhere, the windows. And I'm like, oh, my God, what happened? Got up there, somebody had broken into my car and tried to take my, my CD player. The rage that came over me was insane. I was so mad. You know what? In our lives, the devil is a thief. John 10.10 says this, the thief comes but what? To kill, to steal, and destroy your life. And Jesus said, I have come that you would have life, I have it more abundantly. You know, maybe the devil can't physically steal something out of your car and show up, though he probably could, but he wants to steal your joy. I mean, when's the last time some of you've laughed and had a, like, when you've had a good day? It's okay to have bad days, but like this has been going on for like a, a year now. The devil has stolen your joy. There's something he's taken from you. That's not how God wants you to live, right? Maybe he's stolen, maybe it's, maybe it's your, your health. You've come through the pandemic and you've built these crazy habits that they wanted us to buy into, right? They're just now coming out. Just, I'm sorry, I'm on to vent for a minute, but guess what? Sunlight, exercise, and a good diet helps prevent disease, duh, <laughs> I could have told you that McFly, right? But maybe, maybe your health has gone downhill. God wants to restore your health right now in this season. He does, and, it, and, it, and and just because you you maybe you got something bad going on, God can. If you'll go see the doctors and do what they tell you, God will bring His nat His supernatural healing and touch your life. If you look at healing in the Bible, Jesus would always send a sick man. He said, "Go see the priest." That was back then. That was a doctor. He didn't. Not believe in doctors. Go see the priest. Let him examine you. Let him declare a bill of health over you. So today, we've got to use everything for healing. We've got to use doctors. We've got to use wisdom in what we put in our bodies. We've got to exercise. We've got to be in good community. Get the stress down. God will bring healing into your life. He'll restore your health. Your wealth. God can bring back your wealth, right? If you're, if you're maybe your retirement's been wiped out. God will restore that in an instant, right? Relationships, your ministry, Some of you may be like, man, my ministry has gone away. God's going to restore it this season. He can In an instant, God can restore your ministry. Uh, In opportunities, I think the one thing I I feel like through the pandemic that's happened to me is just like we've just lost opportunities. And I really feel like in my spirit, this season, God's going to begin to restore opportunities to change people's lives, to be a blessing to get promoted, right? God's going to bring back. He, will, he is a God that restores. You read over and over, the Bible. He, God will see something devastated, right? He'll take beauty out of ashes. This is, this is horrible, but you know what? I'm going to build, I'm going to use these burnt stones. I'm going to rebuild this, this temple, and I'm going, this city will thrive again. It will thrive. There will be music. There will be joy. There will be singing and dancing. God's going to do it in your life this season, and it's going to start from the inside out. There's no failure, sin, problem, valley, or difficulty God cannot bring you back from if you will just turn to him in complete surrender. So to review, and then I want to share just one last thing, but review again, inside out living, what's deep in the well comes up in the bucket, right? God wants you to turn around, repent, go a different direction. It could be even something small. He wants you to do what? Be reconciled. Really press into that, your relationship with God. He's not angry at you if you have failed and, and strayed for, or drifted for a while. God wants to be back in friendly relations with you and he wants to restore you. Closing here is a case study in brokenness. This is powerful. Just listen to this. Uh, the word is kintsugi is the word I'm going to just teach on for a second. It's a Japanese art of celebrating brokenness. When a precious porcelain object is broken, instead of repairing it, And hoping that no one will see the cracks, the seams in the cracks are what? Deliberately highlighted by filling them, watch this, with varnish and resin mixed with powdered gold, sometimes silver or platinum. So these broken areas of this object are now not only sealed and fixed and restored, they're highlighted with gold and silver. Watch why. The lightning cracks highlighted with gold now tell the history of the object it dignifies the brokenness, even celebrates it. Kinsugi means this, golden joinery. Reflects more of a general philosophy one finds in Japanese archa- aesthetics. Here's the key. It is a, an embracing the flawed or the imperfect. The apostle Peter, if you know him, he walked on water, the only one. He was gifted, anointed. He told Jesus, I will never leave you. No, even if I have to die, I'll never leave you. But guess what? He was arrogant. He was cocky. He was selfish. And when the night of the, the crucifixion, he completely denies Christ three times and runs and, and actually curses Christ and walks out on his best friend and leaves him hanging. Jesus dies. He resurrects again. What's the first thing he does? He, he reconciles. He, he circles back and he goes gets Peter. He says, hey, do you love me? Three times he, he, three times he sinned. Three times he repented. He turned three times. Fifty days, watch this, talking about brokenness in our life. Fifty days from when he sinned, three times. Fifty days later, God uses him to preach revival and start the church that we're walking in today. That man of brokenness, the worst sin anybody could ever, come, could, could ever uh, do, he did it and God used him in his brokenness. Why? Because of the depth of his repentance. His heart was turned back to God. And if you look at your life today. I love the story of the prodigal. The prodigal son wasted his whole life, but at some point, he looks at these, he's in, the, he's in this pig pit, and he's watching these pigs eat, right? And he's, he realizes that the servants even back at his house eat better than he does with these pig pods. So he, the Bible says he came to his senses. His heart was, he repented, and he went back to, his daddy was waiting on him. And when he saw him coming, he said, get the fatted calf ready. Here he comes. He's coming home. Now he's worth more to me now because his heart has changed and he wants to live for me. And here's the deal. God will allow you to go through a season of brokenness because he's changing your heart. God will do a work on the inside of you first before he uses you to do something on the outside. And that's inside out living. Once you get aligned on your inner life, there's nothing God can't do. Last quote here. Brokenness is God's requirement for maximum usefulness. Brokenness is God's requirement for maximum usefulness. God Uses the brokenhearted, he draws near to him. Could I have the worship team please come up? And I'm going to pray and just give you a chance to respond. So think about that today. Where are you broken? Where have you failed? Where have you just blown it miserably? I'm going to tell you: the older I get, the more I am so more gracious, and I need. I am going to be 53 soon. I need God's grace and forgiveness more today than when I first got saved. I do. I need it so bad because I can really mess up some stuff if I don't have my inner life aligned with him. So let's pray with me and then we'll, we'll transition. Lord, just thank you so much for this word today. And uh, God, we just, we come to you, Lord, and we just say search our heart as a psalmist, Lord. Know every anxious thought that's in us, Lord. And Lord, if there's anything that's inside of us right now that is not pleasing you, Lord. Lord, bring it to the surface. And so you guys out there sitting right now, just say this prayer with me. Just say, Holy Spirit, search my heart. Show me any area in my life that I'm not in alignment with you. Or bring conviction, bring awareness, and show me. And say, right now, Lord, Lord, I repent for that, Lord, for straying from you, from walking away from you, from that attitude, from that habit, that behavior. And say, Lord, please forgive me. Let my inside out. Let, let my inside be pleasing to you. Let the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart be pleasing to you. So, Lord, help me walk, all right, in my heart and my attitudes, priorities, like David Dave said last week. So, Lord. Change us, Lord, from the inside out. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Hey, we are so glad that you joined us for our service this morning if you are interested in learning about how you can start a relationship with Jesus we would love to be here to talk that through with you the Bible says in 1 John five twelve that whoever has the son has life and we really believe that here at Renovate so again if you want to start a relationship with Jesus if you're just interested in learning more about the faith you have questions we'd love to hear from you as well or if you want to grow as a follower of jesus or get more involved in what we're doing we'd love to hear from you so just go ahead and comment on the platform that you're at or reach out to us by email at info at renovatechurch.com again we're so glad you're able to join us we hope you have a great week and we look forward to hearing from you soon